So you never thought COVID could cost you your home. Uh, it costs lots of other things, but would it cost you your home? It could because, well, COVID has cyber criminals at home as well. They're, they can't go out of their house either. So they're sitting around and they're hacking your home title. You don't want this to happen to you. It's called home title theft. Cyber criminals, foreign and domestic, are now after our homes. And it's easier than you think. Uh, title documents to our homes are online. So they're hacking other stuff. Why not hack this as well? This is the big ticket item. Yeah, sure, you can get somebody's credit card, maybe charge a thousand bucks. How much money can you get if you steal someone's home title? Uh, this is a problem that's growing across the country. It's something that you can stop, though, as long as you get out ahead of it. Insurance doesn't cover you. Uh, neither do common identity theft programs. But Home Title Lock will. That's why I have it. Home Title Lock, when they detect a threat, uh, they help you shut it down. If you go to HomeTitleLock.com, register your address, see if you're already a victim, then use the code RADIO to get 30 risk-free days of protection. The code is RADIO at HomeTitleLock.com. HomeTitleLock.com. It's one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Don't let it grow all over you. HomeTitleLock.com. The code is RADIO. And by the way, the radio program starts in just five seconds. Welcome to the program. My name is Glenn Beck from behind my cardboard microphone, doing my best not to be quite as white as I usually am. Just to fit in, gang. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, the dangerous, dangerous white conspiracy theorists and the white extremists that are planning to overthrow our government. Holy cow, thank goodness. The House subcommittee uh, had a hearing yesterday because I didn't realize how many white people who believe in the Constitution and believe in, you know, fair elections and, you know, mom, apple pie, baseball, those things. I didn't realize how dangerous they were until yesterday. We begin there. And Dan Crenshaw coming up in 60 seconds. Program. So Grace lives in Oklahoma and she has dealt with lower back pain and pain in her legs for a long time. She'd come home from work at the end of the day and it was all that she could do just to make it through the evening. So over the years, she tried a lot of different remedies, but she could never just get at the source of the pain. Nothing worked for very long. Then one day she happened to hear me talking about relief factor on the radio and something I said convinced her. Despite her understandable skepticism, she decided to give Relief Factor a try. Grace, I can't thank you enough. Um, you know, my daughter asked me uh, yesterday about uh, something. I don't remember what it was. And she said, Dad, that's a commercial. Do you ever do commercials for things you don't believe in? And I said, no, never. And she said, so you like these things, all the things you talk about? And I said, honey. I don't ever do a commercial unless 
I like it or I have investigated it myself or I use it in the case with relief factor. I use it and I believe in it because it worked for me. Well, Grace found herself coming home from work feeling just fine within, she says, a week or two of starting it. The pain she had had for so long was finally gone. Grace got her life back and you can too. Relief Factor is not a drug, and it works for about 70% of the people who try it. They go on to order more month after month, and you should know within the first three weeks. That's why they have the three-week trial pack. Just try it for three weeks and see if you can't get your life back like Grace did, like I did, and hundreds of others that are in this audience. ReliefFactor.com. Call 800-583-84. ReliefFactor.com. 800-583-84. ReliefFactor.com. Holy cow, Stu. The the House Judiciary Domestic Terrorism hearing chaired by Jackson Lee uh, claims that over the last four years, the rise of domestic terrorism uh, has just gone off the charts, specifically the violence from white supremacists. Wow. She Hmm. says over the last 10 years, 75% of the murders resulting from domestic terrorism were results of right wing extremists. Wow. It couldn't possibly be an issue with the categorization of these murders. Could there like when you don't call gang killings, for example, terrorism, which again, I wouldn't necessarily think it is, but like you can eliminate a lot of murders by the way you categorize uh these things yeah well you 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 had workplace incidents <laughs> yeah. you had disgruntled employees right uh not you know, terrorists not terrorists no. they were never terrorists they might so, say Allah, Aku, yeah, Allah, Akbar Allah Akbar as they're walking through the place but that's yeah. because they fit you know they may have left a supervisor note that says was, I'm doing this for <laughs> yeah. you know Osama bin Laden or right. Al-Qaeda or you know the caliphate but who's to say what Al-Qaeda means yeah, I mean it exactly could mean right. anything it right. should be a guy named Al uh, she then went on to say, uh, there are no good, there are not good people on both sides. No, there are not good people on both sides. Yeah, yeah, there are. Uh, she then accused uh, Donald Trump of inciting the riot on January 6th. She said that right wing extremists and white supremacists are the main cause, the main cause now of domestic terrorism. The ranking member. Uh, said that he was a little afraid that maybe his colleagues might just focus on domestic terror that they cherry pick from the right. But I, you know, he he brought somebody up who's been harassed and beaten by, you know, Antifa, blah, 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 blah. We all know how crazy that is to bring that up. Uh, Then uh, Mr. Nader uh, stood up. And it was hard, kind of hard for him to do, but he stood up and he pulled his pants up to his nipples. And uh, uh, Jerry Nadler uh, claimed that uh, most of this hate is due to religion, is due to religion. And, you know, I think when we're talking about domestic terrorism, uh, that's probably true, but that religion would probably be Islam. I'm just... Oh, did I say that out loud? Uh, When it comes to domestic terror and numbers of people killed, 
I would say that it would probably be uh, Islam. Now, a distortion of Islam? Sure. Uh, the really scary part of Islam? Yeah. I know a lot of... Mu- I'm not even going to say this. Forget it. There are good people on both sides. Um, uh, he, um, Mr. Mr. Jordan, uh, you know, also stood up and he said that he was... Uh, he was upset that the Democrats were only focusing on uh, one side. Uh, he said violence should be condemned, whether it's in D.C. or in Portland. Oh, but then, then Wade Henderson came in. He was um, he was the first witness. He's the CEO of Leadership Conference on Civil and Human Rights, and uh, he had four points to make, and I think he sealed the deal here. Uh, he said uh, Congress must pass the Domestic Terrorism Prevention Act. You should look that one up, Stu. The Domestic Terrorism Prevention Act. That sounds like something I'm for. I don't want domestic terrorism. Right. I would like to prevent it. Right. And I think we should act. Right. It all works. It all works. It all Domestic terrorism. Are you for domestic? Are you a domestic uh, I, terrorist? No, I don't want it. Then I want why it to are stop. you against the domestic uh, terrorism prevention not. act? You want to prevent terrorism or not, Mister White Supremacist? Congress must identify ways to find and eliminate white supremacy in the police department. Okay, I'm for that, uh, but I'm not for these people doing it. When you uh, say these people i think we know I mean exactly the, what I you mean, mean here's who i mean the elite white leftist liberals <laughs> who all think they know better than anybody else especially minorities that's who i mean um we have to have uh, find ways to eliminate white supremacy in the police department let me tell you something i lived in louisville kentucky and i remember one of the first days I uh, I was living there. I was watching the local news. This is back in the 80s. And uh, I was watching the local news. And I'm, you know, I grew up in Seattle. The, the, at the time, the worst thing that was happening in Seattle was another cloudy day. I mean, it, we didn't have these issues uh, like the rest of the country. I, I don't think we ever had the Klan. At least I wasn't aware of it. Um, you know, the, the issues were more about indigenous people and, you know, yada, yada. But it was still it was not that big of a deal, at least when I was growing up. So I move and, you know, my sister, did I ever tell you that story about my sister when I I I took her to a, a part of town, Little Italy mm-hmm. in uh, in New Haven, Connecticut? Did I tell you this story? Yeah. My sister, uh, Coletta, she's the oldest and not necessarily the wisest. Uh, she grew up, you know, obviously like me. And we never met anybody in the mob. We didn't know people who knew people in the mob. We didn't think the mob, you know, the mob was a joke. You know what I mean? For us growing up, you'd watch movies and you'd see it. and You'd be like, OK, well, my sister, she either didn't watch those movies or she just thought they were just all made up. Right. Uh, And I'm living in uh, in New Haven and we're going to this restaurant. It was a really good restaurant, but it was owned by one of the mob bosses. 
and uh, and I I don't want to even say no. his name, but uh, <laughs> certainly don't say the restaurant. And I love him. I love him. If he I were love, real, if he were if he real, existed. if he was, if the mob existed, which mm-hmm. it doesn't, Mm-mm. I love it. <laughs> anyway, um, I said to her, I said, this guy is so stereotypical, and I said, don't say anything, but he's like one of the kingpins here uh, in the mob, and. Uh, so this guy comes and, you know, and I've played nice with him, you know, hey, hey, hey great restaurant. I love it. I love it. No complaints here. Um, and he would come to the table and he came and he this time he sat down. I said, this is my sister, Coletta. And uh, he sat down at the table and he said, so uh, what are you doing out here? Right? And uh, she's had too many glasses of wine and she just thinks he's charming. And she said, can I tell you something? And all of a sudden, I break out into a sweat. And I'm like, dear God, what is she going to say? And she said, can I tell you something? My brother is so stupid. Oh, no. Swear to God. No. She said, he said you're in the mob. And I was like, (laughs) and this guy turned to me and looked at me. And I just went. (laughs) <laughs> and he thank god started to laugh <laughs> your brother he's such a he's such a dead man he's such a kidder isn't he and it, all i mean okay so that's the kind of world i grew up in did you have your tires slashed at any oh point oh my gosh no but no. I, I left the restaurant i said what the hell she's <laughs> like the mob it might have happened around al capone it doesn't happen anymore i'm like get out of my town get out of my town uh so anyway um why was i even talking about this well, the, we're talking about the the white supremacy or the oh, yeah, domestic yeah, yeah. terrorism so i moved to Act. i moved to louisville kentucky in the 80s and one of the first news stories was about the cops and how these two cops had their clan robes in the trunk of their squad car. <laughs> Never a good idea. Never a good Never. idea. That's not where you no. keep them. No. Uh, you know, you might first get some, this guy is so wrinkled. Yeah. And, and uh, grease if you have <laughs> you know, some tools back. I mean, just unbelievable. And I remember watching it thinking. Oh, my gosh, I can't believe that still is a thing. And now I live in a city where the cops are involved in the Klan. And I immediately I was probably 22, 23 years old. And I immediately realized this is real. And I understand why black people are a little nervous about opening the door for a cop. I got it immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I am all for let's stop uh, the Klan. <laughs> There's no people who are for white supremacy in the police force. I mean, uh, again, when I say, I mean, yeah, I could say the Grand Dragon would probably the, okay with that. Right. And let's look at it as a percentage of the population. Yes. Uh, you're yes. going to basically you're going to round it to zero. I promise. Correct. You. Correct. Then he said Congress must pass legislation and uh, appropriate uh, to enhance the federal response to hate crimes, specifically citing white supremacists. uh, And they have to pass H.R. 40, giving African-Americans reparations. Now, here's the thing. I I just I, I want you to understand why reparations is going to go through this time in some form or another, unless you stand up. This is nothing about slavery anymore. It's not about slavery. You know, because the argument used to be, who's going to get it? How are you going to trace 
you know, who gets the money, who doesn't get the money. It doesn't matter anymore because white people are oppressive. So if you're white, you don't get it. You pay. If you're anything other than white, you will get it. You're not going to just give it to uh, African-Americans because whites are have also kept every other race down by this oppressive system. So it's no longer don't don't try to use logic with any of these things. You can't argue logic anymore. Because this has nothing to do with anything other than the premise that you must universally accept white people are racist and have oppressed all other races. They're the problem. So they caused all these problems, gained all this wealth by oppression. It's time for them to have their wealth taken and given to anyone they've oppressed. I agree with your premise that that logic has nothing to do with this. But how can you constitutionally do this? Oh, you can't. You can't, right? You can't no, just you can't. say, I think people with this color skin should get X, Y, and Z. No. There was a reason we amended the Constitution so things like that couldn't happen. Yeah, but that is, again, you can't use logic. We're talking anti-racism. And anti-racism is different than being against racism. Anti-racism, according to its own creed, mm-hmm. must discriminate discriminate against you, white people. Right. You must be racist against white people. And white people are the only ones that can be racist. So you must understand that they are racist, and the only way to repair this is to punish them. But, like, how could you do this? Like, you would say, what, peep, if you happen to be a minority, come get your money? Like, how? how? No, they just, no, it'll all go through programs. They will just allot money to programs and that only I think by the time this color. yeah and I think the time that this uh, happens it's going to happen in one of two ways and I'll explain give me one minute I'll tell you the, remind me one of two ways oh, I should write that down because I'll probably forget one of them um, my pillow <laughs> best pillow I've ever slept with uh, if you haven't tried how many, it, how many pillows have you slept with <laughs> you promiscuous man you you just am, sleep with any old pillow? I am currently <laughs> seeing other pillows behind my pillow's back. Oh, my yeah, gosh. I, I, I can't believe that. All right. Best sheets you've ever slept on uh, are the Giza Dream sheets from my pillow. I, I just think these are really, honestly, just the best. The mattress topper now is out, and it gives you the most restful, deep healing sleep of your life. They say it is fantastic. I haven't tried it myself. Made of three layers that provide superior support evenly. Spread the body weight out and regulates the temperature throughout the night. The four corner straps hold your topper in place and it's all covered with a durable softer than silk fiber that zips right off. Completely machine washable and dryable. Uh, uh, dryable. The uh, mattress topper turns every uncomfortable hotbed into a comfortable one. Do it now at MyPillow.com. Click on the new radio listener specials and you'll find the discount on this. Use the promo code BECK and uh, get the mattress topper and the pillows with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. So don't trust me if this sounds like something that you're interested in. Just get it 
If it's not everything you hoped it would be, send it back. 60-day money-back guarantee. MyPillow.com promo code BECK. Call 800-966-3117. MyPillow.com promo code BECK. 10 seconds. Station ID. Okay, two ways reparations are going to happen in this country because elections have consequences. So the the way they want it to happen is that it, it will be a direct transfer of wealth that you'll take money uh, from high income, you know, uh, people just raise taxes like crazy. Yeah, you take money from Glenn Beck and give it to um, black Correct. people. Glenn Beck is oppressed. Correct. They will. What they'll do is they will. Uh, the, the way they would like to do it is to have categories of people. And so everybody will pay a very high tax, but you will be exempt from it if you check this box, this box and this box. OK, so hmm. you're going to be receiving the money if you check certain boxes. I don't know how. Okay, I don't either. Close to I don't either. Here's the way I think it is going to happen. Uh, it's going to happen through programs. Yeah. So they will just start taxing everybody uh, really high, especially if you make over a certain amount of money. And remember, if you know, you're probably a race trader anyway. If you're making a lot of money, yeah. Uh, and so you will be able to check boxes as well. If you are in an upper category, you may get some uh, benefits um, from it, but it will generally be through programs. And it's it'll be like the um, the Great Society that was all supposed to help. Well, we've spent twenty three trillion dollars. <laughs> On the Great Society since LBJ put that into effect. $23 trillion. Uh, the, the, uh, the black community is not doing better. It's doing worse. It's doing worse. Because that dismantled that community and those families. They were, they were entrepreneurs. They were, had more stable marriages than white people did. I mean, that was a growing, thriving community that just needed a chance. You know, when they had stable families and they were entrepreneurs under the kind of discrimination that they had in the 50s, why once that discrimination is supposedly taken away and the great society starts, how did that break up families and destroy things? I I contend because it was intended to. And so will this. But it is going to come through programs. Hook or by crook, reparations are going to come because elections have consequences. This is the Glenn Beck Program. You know, it's it's nice when every once in a while the stars align and you get to do something both because it's good and because it saves you money. Most of the time, doing something good costs more. I want to talk to you about switching to Patriot Mobile. It is something that's good to do and also will save you money. Patriot Mobile not only doesn't donate to leftist causes like Planned Parenthood, the way some of the big mobile companies do, but in fact, they donate to conservative causes, the kinds of things that you and I get behind, like the First Amendment, the Second Amendment, but also they are cheaper 
than using big mobile. And even then, you don't sacrifice the quality for a lower cost. They're on the same cell towers as the big guys. Their plans are affordable and customizable. Make it a priority today to check it out, to stand with the people that are standing with you. This month, get free Premier Activation where they set up the phone for you and you get a special gift with the offer code back. Same service, lower price, and the values you believe in. Go to PatriotMobile.com slash back. PatriotMobile.com slash back. Or call 972-PATRIOT. That's 972-PATRIOT. I have a great way to spend your forthcoming uh, reparations check. Uh, BlazeTV.com slash Glenn is the place to go. You'll that won't save be 30, allowed. That won't be allowed. 30 bucks off your subscription now. This is the Glenn Beck program. Uh, pleased to have a very rare appearance on this program. Uh, Congressman Dan Crenshaw. Dan, how are you, sir? Glenn, how you doing? doing? Well, thanks for having me on. It doesn't yeah. have to be rare, you know. We can we can do it more often. I just uh, I think we've been, <laughs> it's hard to get the schedule right. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. yeah no, I'm not. On. I'm not implying anything. I'm just grateful that you're you're on. It is rare to have you on, and I really appreciate it because I want to talk to you almost every day because you're one of the guys who I think really gets it and uh, and is standing for the things that we need to to stand for. And there are very few people left that I think people on the right trust, and you're one of them. Um, so, Dan, let me ask you a couple of questions. I want to get into Texas uh, here in a second, but there's two stories that boggle my mind that I think you're uniquely qualified to talk about. One is this story from Military.com today. The Navy is making all sailors reaffirm the oath to the Constitution in the extremism stand-down. I find this incredibly insulting. Can you comment on this? <coughs> yeah, I, <coughs> I'm sorry. I don't have coronavirus. I just got some in my throat. Um, I haven't <laughs> heard that story, but it's um, it's concerning. Look, I on the one hand, I'd love for sailors and Marines and and soldiers to uh, reaffirm their oath to the Constitution every morning. I agree and pledge, and pledge their allegiance as well. Why not? Yep. But this pretense is is concerning, and it's it's clearly it's so obviously and clearly politically motivated. And so let's just let's just for the viewers, or I think, are aware of this. Let's back up a second. I think the premise of this is that well, we had a lot of veterans at, on January sixth at the Capitol, right? That's the premise of all this nonsense. Um, but that just mathematically, that's that's not a good indication of where active duty military stand or or where veterans Correct. stand more broadly. Right. Just because there's a lot of people here does not mean that a large proportion of those people are indeed extremists or bad people. Correct. And, 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 and wait a second. I thought we were against that kind of profiling. Right. I, I thought that was against the very liberal values that supposedly the left stands for. But, Glenn, you know very well, the left is not liberal. The left is very anti-liberal. And I think as conservatives, we've got to say that more often. They're, yes. They're, they have become genuinely authoritarian progressivism is not in sync with liberalism. All right. There's a big difference between an Alan Dershowitz liberal and, and a Democrat party progressive. They're totally different. Totally different. Um, one other question, uh, uh, cause I don't understand this. Democrats have asked Biden to surrender the keys on the nuclear launches. What they're doing is they're trying to take away the president's sole authority to launch nuclear weapons because they say it could just happen too fast. And they want him to uh, be forced into some sort of a committee 
uh, before anything is launched. So he wouldn't have the, the nuclear football keys. It would be with a committee. What the hell is that? It's, it's extremely concerning. Look, uh, I mean, and it's from my point of view, your point of view, I'm sure it's hard. It is hard to actually assess what you trust less. Um, uh, Biden, who can't finish sentences very well, or a crazy Democrat party. But, but, but in the end, you don't, it, it's pretty obvious what they're doing. And Nancy Pelosi laid the groundwork for this um, even before Biden took office, talking about invoking the 25th Amendment. And it was pretty obvious she wasn't even talking about Trump. So, look, it, I, I think they obviously know that he, he has cognitive issues. But um, it, the, the good news for America is that Biden's demeanor in general disposition is not to go just go launch nuclear bombs. No. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll say a lot of things about the guy, but I, I don't think that's what his plan is. No. Um, and so this, th- th- this feels a little bit disingenuous. And I also feel like, it, I mean, if he woke up one day and he was, you know, suddenly temporarily insane and he said, let's launch the missiles. There's, there are people and systems in place to stop that madness. Um, all right. right. Let, he doesn't have it under his bed, right? It's not like in his yeah, bathroom. Right. He just presses it. That's, that's not how it works. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's not like, oops, push the wrong button. I meant to hit the I want more Coke button. Um, yeah. All right. Um, let's talk a little bit about what happened in Texas, because it is it's insane on what's being said about the Texas grid and the Texas not being green, et cetera, et cetera. Part of the problem is is that we are green. We lead the country in wind power now. Right. So this is a bit complex, um, and I'm going to distill it as much as possible. Uh, one thing that conservatives did right off the bat, you know, jumping on the means, which is uh, what, what we do, and it's fun, but we, we put up all these pictures of frozen wind turbines mm-hmm. because it's funny. But that, that, that's not exactly why the grid went down. And so it gave the left an opportunity to build a straw man argument against the right. And they say, well, that's not really what happened. And, and they're, they're sort of correct. But what did happen is a, over time, a huge overinvestment in renewable energy and a huge underinvestment in baseload power. And baseload power means things that can turn on quick and, and, and power the grid reliably. And those things, there's only three of them, coal, nuclear, and gas. Correct. In Texas, we have... We have underinvested in coal dramatically. A lot of our coal plants have been replaced by natural gas because it's cheaper. So this is generally market driven. Um, nuclear is expensive. Uh, I, I wish there was more of it because it is the only carbon free energy that is reliable. But we only have about four nuclear plants in Texas. And we haven't really built m- many new gas plants either. Mm-hmm. All the new gas plants are generally replacing coal plants. And we've had massive population increases in Texas. Mm-hmm. Massive. 20 uh, percent. It's still the, be- still the best place to live. Right. So when you don't have enough baseload power, you're not investing enough in it, you're investing a ton in renewable energy because it makes you feel good, it makes you feel green, but that renewable energy never works. Never works when you need it the most. Um, It certainly doesn't work when there's no wind, it certainly doesn't work when there's no sun, and in extreme weather, that, that tends to be the case. So yes, it, you know, wind did go down dramatically. I mean, you know, at its best, wind can provide quite a bit of energy for the Texas grid, mm-hmm. but that's at its best and you can't rely on that. Right. So the left is building the straw man argument saying, no, 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 it's fossil fuels that failed. And the question you have to ask them back is compared to what? Really compared to what? Compared to renewables? Because renewables won't work. Well, that's just a fact. They don't work in good weather sometimes, let alone yeah, the, bad weather. The, 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 their, their own selling, from their own documents, wind power 
at most can provide uh, 40% capacity uh, at any given time. At most, it just averages right. out. The wind stops. And so all of the energy that is being produced stops. So by their own estimates, it's 40% reliable for capacity. Yeah, and, and in practice, it's much less. You know, on, on average, it's actually extremely, it's still very high, about 18%, but that's on average. Oh. Sometimes it's zero, zero percent. And, and that's the thing. Like when, when you're designing an energy grid, you have to plan for what does 100% look like on a given right. day. Right. But then you, also have to, then you also have to plan for, well, what does 150% look like? Like if the whole state freezes because it's a once in a century freeze. Correct. And, and that's basically what happened. We needed about 150% more. And over time, because we haven't invested in fossil fuels because, you know, green energy and such, again, again I'm, I'm not against solar and wind. But when you but it is pretty obvious from a policy perspective that if you listen too much to the Democrats and take too many notes from them and take too many notes from California and you overinvest in these things and you federally subsidize it. And here's yep. the other thing that people don't know about Texas. We do prioritize electrons coming from wind. So wind always gets to make a profit, but gas doesn't. And nuclear certainly doesn't. Nuclear often operates at a loss. One other thing we do in Texas, which maybe we should look at, is we don't this keeps our prices lower. But what we don't do is pay a capacity fee to plants that can generate capacity immediately and on demand. So mm. all the other states do that. We don't do that in Texas. It keeps our prices lower, um, but it also might discourage investment from these uh, baseload capacity power, but, but power plants, which again, the, the left loves, but it's not good policy. So, so, but, so, so take me here because I think the problem is exactly the problem we went through in 2008 with the banks. They there was a policy. They wanted everybody to own houses. So the, the feds made it easy for loans to be had that shouldn't have been uh, taken out. And they were pushing a policy. And so everybody indulged and then it broke. This is the same thing that's happening in Texas. The the, the federal subsidies for wind power make it much more uh, economical to build those and so the the people who are, you know, building and in this industry, they're like, I could get all this free money from the government for doing this. Let's just build this. I mean, isn't yeah. the subsidy yeah, right. a big problem? It is. I mean, I don't I don't like these subsidies. You know, one one response Republicans have is say, OK, how about at least we make the these subsidies technology neutral so that they can at least go to nuclear? You know, here, here's a statistic for you. Solar gets 250 times more subsidies than nuclear does. Wind gets about 160 times more subsidies than nuclear does. This makes no sense. Look, I'm very pro-nuclear. I am it's too. Expensive, but 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 if but if we're gonna if we're gonna believe that we actually have to reduce emissions rapidly, then why are they against nuclear? Right? It makes me question their intent and their motivations because it makes me think it's really not about the carbon uh, reductions. Because if you really care about carbon reductions, you'd be your number one goal would be to export as much clean natural gas as possible to dirty coal burning countries like China and India. And you'd be investing in nuclear. We wouldn't have to put a 90 trillion dollar price tag on it because we would we would be able to build at scale. We would be able to invest in American nuclear. We could build nuclear around the world that could be instead of China and Russia doing it. And by the way, that means they also gain a foothold into nuclear capabilities yep. in developing countries, which is really not a good thing. So there's a national security aspect of this um, in, in the sense that America wants to be controlling the, the nuclear energy around the world. There's a clean energy aspect to this. There's a reliability aspect to this. You're never going to get rid of fossil fuels. 
Look, coal, nuclear, these are the most uh, reliable things in really, really bad weather. It's why a lot of northern states still have coal. Not going to escape that. And I think that the lesson from Texas is look, there, there's definitely a ceiling to how much renewables you can have on the grid. It's, it's not necessarily true that if you just keep building more wind, it's, it's, it's terrible for the grid. But it is true that if you also simultaneously underinvest in baseload power. Yep. Um, so there's a floor to that. So there's a floor to that and there's probably a ceiling to renewables. Um, if you keep building renewables, it just becomes a waste of money at a certain point. We're talking to uh, Congressman Dan uh, Crenshaw. You are in Congress, so you see what's what's coming our way. The the things the Biden administration is doing and Congress is is proposing with green, the Green New Deal, et cetera, et cetera. This is this is all about changing every aspect of our life. It's all about control and power. Uh, and I don't mean that in the electricity sort of way. Uh, and it is it's terrifying when you look into the way that corporations are now starting to incorporate what are called ESGs, uh, environmental, social justice and governmental standards, which uh, are a little terrifying when you understand the scope of what that means to the average person. Yeah, so so a lot to take in there. This, I think the, the quickest way to boil all this down is there's there's a there's a quite a different disposition on the left and the right. You have to boil all of our policy differences down to the psychological disposition. And on the left, that disposition is this: we want to change the nature of man, and we believe we can. We believe we can use the the forces of government and the forces of institutions to fundamentally change you. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll keep fighting for that revolution no matter what. We're not really sure where that revolution goes. See, this is where it all falls apart because utopianism is, well, it's, it's nowhere. I mean, it literally means nowhere in Greek uh, because it can't exist. And you'll kill yourself trying to get there. Um, the, the right has a different disposition, a far more humble disposition that, look, there's, there's, there's about the best we can do with governance. You, you cannot change the nature of man, but you can provide a good system and, and structural incentives and disincentives to get the best outcomes. All right. So that, that's, a, that's a fundamental difference that, that does not change. It's almost like people are born that way. This is where all of this nonsense comes from. You know, right. And they're always looking for ways to, 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 to thwart it. And we're always trying to point out to people, look, I know this feels good. I know this feels like they're promising utopia, but we promise you that the, that, that the, the, the road to good and, you know, the, the, the path to hell is paved with good intentions. And this, this turns out to be true every single time. Uh, last week is another indication of that. Um, Dan, uh, I want you to know I'm going to be making a call today, and uh, you, you're probably going to hate that I say this, but I'm going to be making a call today after the program for the very first time since last week. Uh, a name has come to me that I need to pass on to Premier Radio uh, Networks on a replacement for Rush Limbaugh. I think you could replace Rush Limbaugh. That answer was so clear uh, and explaining a very complex thing. I... I uh, this is why we would like you to be on doesn't the show. He, doesn't he already have a job? No, he already I has think, a yeah. job, but, uh, <laughs> you know, maybe you can do, can do it. Yeah. I have a podcast too. You know, I have a podcast. <laughs> there you go. Uh, where, what's the name of your podcast? Uh, hold these truths. Hold these truths. Okay. Dan, yeah. thank you. We'll talk I again. The compliment gone. Appreciate, <laughs> appreciate it. The compliment. <laughs> that's, uh, that's quite the compliment coming from you. I really appreciate it. You bet. Great being on with you. You bet. Bye-bye. Dan Crenshaw. I mean, wasn't that a clarifying 
Answer? Yeah. I mean, he's a really smart guy. Yeah. Well. All right, let me tell you about our sponsor this half hour. It's American Financing. Uh, please, if you have uh, credit card fees that are out of control, check how much are you paying? Are you being are you able to get out of debt and under from underneath that uh, your your mortgage? Are you paying three or four percent or more? Please, please call American Financing and find out how they can change your world. Really, hundreds, if not a thousand or more dollars every single month, depending on your situation. You're overpaying most likely for your mortgage if you're paying three or four percent or more and you're definitely overpaying on your credit cards so please roll them in to your mortgage without resetting your term of your loan american financing 800-906-2440 800-906-2440 it's americanfinancing.net american financing nmls 182334 www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org This is the Glenn Beck Program. I'm so glad that you're uh, listening to us. Uh, we uh, are approaching Friday. Thank God. We have a great show for you Friday. We have a really powerful hour next hour where I, I'm going to... The reason why you should listen is because the world I am describing, I don't think is the world that most people think they currently live in. And it is. And uh, we'll explain that coming up in a few minutes right after the break. Also, don't forget, Friday, tomorrow is the last day you can get the 30% discount at blazetv.com slash Glenn, promo code Glenn. This is the Glenn Beck Program.